0: Another week, another dynamite podcast, Long Island's best, Bryn Elliott. People have been asking to hear from him for a few years since I started the podcast. He's a 20-plus year veteran, top producer, has his own team, done 50, 60, 70-plus deals by himself, really an elite agent out of Suffolk County, definitely worth checking out. Enjoy. Yeah, kid, welcome welcome back to another episode of Smells Like Cat with Handsome. I'm your host... Charles Weirup, a.k.a. The Handsome Umpire, a.k.a. Captain Perman, a.k.a. El Judio Maravilloso. Actually, and for what's the name? For Catherine Trent. I haven't, I haven't shouted out Catherine Trent in a while. Catherine Trent in a while. El Chulo de las Casas. You know what that means? Yeah. Something in the house? No, El Chulo what? de las Casas means like... How do, I, how, do I, how do I explain this? It's like, you know what like a poppy is? Like yeah. expand like pop, like yeah. you're, you're like the the, the poppy of, right. uh, of houses. Got it. it. It's more about like this motion than the actual <laughs> Okay. Um, regardless, obviously you know if you have a house that smells like cat pee dated from the nineteen sixties, six inches of mold on the wall, what comes next? Something floating past the basement yes! steps. Oh, uh, yeah, two ways floating past the basement steps. I'm quick, <laughs> I'm easy, Lord knows I'm a good time. This is, a, this is a tough crowd today. Ooh. I want to buy it. 51677 7 sold. We'd really appreciate it if you guys can help us. Obviously, we have a huge, lofty goal this year. This year, next year. Hopefully, we'll do it this year. If not, we're doing it next year. 200 houses. 200 houses. 200. And let me just like a lot ex- of work. explain the rules here. 200 <laughs> houses. 200 acquisitions of new construction, rentals, or fix and flip. Okay. Right? So, whatever we get approved. So, we got some big stuff in the works already. Um, the eviction moratorium is done on Saturday. What, what? Nice, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's gotten a little a bit much. Everybody who hasn't been paying their rent, get out. And now they are gonna be doing foreclosures, everything's going back on, so that's obviously gonna free the market up for all of us and uh, get things moving.
1: So to start the interview. If you picked up a four family, would yeah. that count as four units
0: or one That's four? one property. Okay, we have pr- that's fair. And it's acquisitions yeah. not acquisitions. Not yeah. Fair. So yeah, yeah. if I pick up an apartment building, it doesn't matter what size. So like I am going to be closing on a piece of property that's going to be we're going to build an assisted living facility. So even though it's 75,000 square feet and 138 beds, it's wow. one. It's one. <laughs> it's one, you know? So um but then I'm also doing, I have in the works, I'm going to close probably in about two weeks, a piece of land in Riverhead, which is going to be a 25-lot subdivision that we're going to 3D print 25 houses. Nice. That's biggest amazing. 3, biggest 3D printed subdivision in the world. Very have, cool. Very yeah, I have cool. some other subdivisions working. So I, 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 I divided it out. The point is... Um, I wanna do this for like another three years before I transition into private equity. And before I do, I gotta feel like I was like the best to ever play the game. And in order to do that, I feel like nobody you know has ever done 200 houses in a year.
1: Nope. And you're doing it, man. That's, uh, I don't know what, you know, how many you're doing right now, but
0: you're all over the place. And good for you, brother. At any given time, we have about 45 to 55 houses under construction, physically under construction, at any given time. It's a lot to manage. It's pandemonium. Yeah. I have a crazy team of people growing every day. It's just, it's awesome, man. Yeah. That's but similar so thing, so cool. Similar thing for you. Like, you are, I mean, So we we need to uh, please introduce yourself to everybody. So uh, my name is Bryn Elliott. I'm with Douglas Elliman Real Estate,
1: and um, I work with a small team. So I uh, work with four agents, admin and myself. So we're a small group and, uh, you know, very fortunate. I love what I do. So I feel like a lucky guy.
0: So Bryn's very modest. In 2016, he was the number one realtor uh, in Suffolk County. Thanks, man. Yeah. Right, yeah. the team is doing. Cool. The team is doing on average. I mean, plus or minus because things go on. Obviously, COVID, we were shut down for three months. But plus or minus, you're doing like hundred plus deals a year with the team. Yep. yep. And you're and you're everywhere. It's trying to be, trying to be, yeah. Uh, and you're very well respected in the industry. That's why I've been trying to get you on for a while because a lot of people can hit me up and like, yo, we want to hear from Brent. We want to hear from Brent. We want to hear like what Brent really does. People ask yeah, that. a lot of people. Oh, do. That's cool, bro. You're, I mean, listen, to do you know by yourself 60, 70, 80 houses a year is a lot of freaking houses it's a lot it's a lot of action yeah yeah it really is and um you know especially like you're not a big social media guy right
1: no i i use social media to to market my listings but i haven't done a lot of self-promotion on social media
0: exactly so like you know people on the island especially they know you know they know you they know the area they're really looking to kind of like understand how it is that you do what you do on such a high level because you're you're in the top like 0.0001 of agents true story very flattering yeah thank you man yeah yeah two and a half percent of all the agents do all the business and then you're on that you know the higher end of that elite group of people right yeah it's true it's so you um you focus primarily at east suffolk county like a certain do you so how does it how does it really work do you farm like a particular area like like a larry theodore let's yeah. say he was on here he's like mr Farmingdale. yes he is yeah. so he sells every house and farm and deal pretty much and then kind of like branches out from there, but that's his, that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you approach kind of your you know, branding and, and marketing from that standpoint?
1: So I grew up in Bayport, Blue Point. Uh, it's two towns, but it's one school district. So it's kind of like one, one community. And um, I lived in Sable for about 19, almost 20 years. So I've, been, I've lived between Bayport, Blue Point and Sable my whole life. And that's my core. And of course, um, you know I have my friends from high school, friends from college um, and and all my contacts, and so you know a lot of them buy their first house mm-hmm. a couple zip codes away so if you know you end up branching out a little bit, but it kind of that is my core, and that's where I do a lot of a lot of my business where
0: you know so Bayport, Blue Point, sayville yep so and think about this for agents that are listening to this so you you've done again sixty seventy eighty that you and the team hundred plus houses. Uh, sold there's a lot of agents out there I mean listen if you're doing depending on what you consider to be a nice living if you're selling 20 houses a year by yourself as an agent not killing yourself but working and you have like a decent split you're making like you're making good money you're making you have a good living yeah and a great life flexibility etc so I know a lot of agents and the reason why I'm saying this is because you're doing that in a very small area mm-hmm. like you're doing that in Bay Point Blue Point and Sayville. Yep. So a lot of agents, what I'm getting at is a lot of agents are like, they feel that they have to go all over the place everywhere. Where in actuality, there's enough business in one or two or three towns that you can saturate a market and really become like the mayor or mayoress of that area and really do a lot of volume.
1: Right. And we, I mean, we do cover... You know, most of Suffolk County, we're not out on the forks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike and my team actually lives in Nassau. Okay. Uh, so we're geared, in Nassau, we're geared a little more towards the South Shore. Uh, I won't go through everybody. Rich, for example, has lived between Hop Hog and Wisconsin his whole life. Okay. So we, we cover, but yeah, that's kind of the nucleus. Um, but yeah, with what you're saying, uh, there's definitely different ways, different business models to be a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you can specialize in a certain type of property. You know, uh, for example, uh, Rich Brewer is the condo guy. I, okay. This is a different Rich than the one I just mentioned, okay. but uh, Rich Brewer is the condo guy. He focuses on condos. So he covers sort of a broader geographic area, but he's really focused on condos. Um, or you can, you know, like you said, try to be the mayor of a zip code or school district or, or
0: a neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So how long have you been in real estate for? A little over 17 years.
0: Okay, yeah. so it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, we have this new show that we're doing. Uh, Dan and O'Neill and I are doing it called uh, Creating a Top Agent. We started it last year with Amanda Palmieri, and We're doing. it with I Jack saw and a Ferrante. couple of those come across. Yeah, so what That's I'm awesome. Cu- no, it's great. It's so cool. Very yeah. rewarding, and it's a cool thing to do. What I'm curious about is like you were you came in the game 17 years ago, mm-hmm. no social media. What was and again you're you're one of the elite top agents like how did you get there what was your training like when you came in did you have a great broker did you just wing it did you have an awesome social circle and you that's just got a, business
1: it's a good question um there was a gentleman he, he opened his own office small mom and pop and um he had a lot of business experience he had run different businesses he had a a, a video store uh he had a, a A deli sort of uh, convenience store out east for a while and um so i i feel very fortunate that i was able to start my career working under his wing and it's funny how it's come like kind of full circle i guess we'll we'll be talking for a little bit so we'll come back to that but the the way the way the industry is now with the teams and everything Mm -hmm. i was kind of lucky to start and have a a a mentor if you will and so it was his company and um he always had a a few it was a small mom-and-pop he had a few uh part-time agents and um but it was he and i did the lion's share of the business and so we were partners as agents but again it was his company Mm -hmm. and we did everything i mean i really learned how an office runs we it was it wasn't a huge budget so we had a three ring binder Mm -hmm. and we would when we answered the phone when other agents wanted to log uh uh, you know, make an appointment on one of our listings, we would hand write it in. Oh, Jesus. You know? This is real old and, school. And, uh, well, yeah, so we uh, we How had, old
0: are you? We're not old enough <laughs> for this stuff. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 41.
1: Okay. How but, um, it? but it, you know, I learned the old-fashioned way. Yeah. So we we would, you know, hand, we had every listing had a page, and we'd flip to that listing and write in the okay. appointment, call the seller, check off that the seller confirmed, call back and, and confirm with the agent confirm the appointment. Um, but we were, you know, we were answering the phones. We were... You know, we were the agents, we were the marketing department, we were taking the trash out at the end of the night. So it was not a great way to run a business as far as um, leveraging time or anything like that. We we, got to learn everything. But I, I, he, yeah, I learned the old, like really old fashioned values from him as far as like, you know, business face to face, things like that, where um, like, for example, today I see a lot of agents, they'll get an offer and they'll presented and there'll be a counter and they're texting and you know there's a lot i text all the time you know i texted you when i was on my way here but when you have a counter offer it's worth it if they're at work wait till they have a lunch break or after work get on the phone when you're presenting a counter offer yeah you know so there's a time and place to be face to face or at least on the phone and so i learned a lot of the old-fashioned values uh there and then um uh, he actually uh, passed away in that, which it was—you know—it was tough. I—I was—I uh, became real close with the family and um but again i learned so much from him and then i was looking for somewhere where i could grow a little more i Mm -hmm. did my research and douglas almond real estate made a lot of sense for me because i wanted to get more into technology Mm -hmm. and um but douglas own real estate is a traditional brokerage model and and the formula has been proven over time it works it's you know one of the top companies in the country and 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 you know number one in new york so it just made sense it's a traditional brokerage but they're up to speed on technology they have amazing technology and so, but that's kind of how I got
0: started. So what, like, and so kind of like to, to take it back a little bit more, like, so you start working with him, you guys are training, you're kind of doing everything, but especially at that time, again, no social media, because a lot of agents used social media. Right. Um, Amanda and, and and Jackie, like Jackie, I have her making videos, two videos every single day. Um, that's and you know, awesome. tagging us and all that. And they're just basic videos, but in a week's time, she already has people reaching out to her saying, hey, I'm looking for a house, I'm looking for a house. You, you built a huge business 17 years ago in a time where none of that stuff existed. So I'm kind of curious to know like, you know, cause a lot of agents watch this that just can't get the traction. Mm-hmm. So like, what were you doing on like the marketing and sales side when you first got into it, you know, to make sure that you were closing these people? Was it easier then? Were there less agents in the, in the, in the industry? Like, what was it like?
1: um you know it's um well social media is fantastic Mm -hmm. because when you're new you want to let everybody know i'm a real estate agent i'm in the business so social media is is perfect for that um but there's an agent joyce Rowe, who i have a ton of respect for she's amazing and uh she once said to me Bryn, when you have a listing you're like a dog with a bone you know and i just i don't want to have a failure right and this all ties in so when somebody Puts their trust in me. Gives me an opportunity. You know, I, like, I'm falling asleep at night thinking, like, I have to get these people results. And if you do that, mm-hmm. it all kind of, it all makes sense. You know, you, you get them great results. They'll never forget it. You know, you work hard for them. You, you, it's, it's this, this business is a lifestyle. You yeah. know, so if you're not into it. You know if you don't enjoy it so so I work real hard and you get referrals uh, but but it t- t- we did print we did a good amount of print advertising okay. I did some door knocking okay. which um, I don't love I don't want to be a salesperson even though uh, you mm. know I, so when you get into real estate your license says New York State licensed real estate salesperson I didn't want to see the word salesperson. So I t- went and took another class and a state test to become an associate broker. Just to, that's the only reason I did really? it. Just to get, th- no, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be a salesperson, but yeah, I did do some door knocking. Um, I did some for sale by owners, not many. I did more expireds. There aren't many expireds today, but there was, you know, back then, Interesting. you know, I mean, when I, I, I dove in full time in October of '04. Okay. So there weren't a lot of expires in like '06, but in 08, 09, there was plenty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like, again, since you've been in the game for 17 years, so you've seen different markets. Like You came in in 04, which is just after the dot-com crash, you like, boom, then we're up. Uh, and then you went through the, the real crash, the Great Recession, and then now through COVID. So what, is it, what has it been like? What has it been like? What do you mean? More Just recent? like, so you, you've been able to stand the test of time through a bunch of different cycles at this point. Were you in it prior to the dot-com bubble or no? Were you you, you No, I, I
1: took the class and test in 02, but I, I dove in full-time in October of O four. Okay. So you, and so you wrote I, it up, then down, then up, then down, then up. Kind of. I mean, that's accurate for the market cycle, but I, I wouldn't say I wrote it up because I was a brand new agent. I, I, didn't, I didn't do a lot of business my first mm-hmm. handful of years in the business. I I mean, it was... great experience I learned so much Mm -hmm. but I was really just trying to trying to get going and when you're and I actually feel kind of bad for a lot of the new agents today because you know when you dive into a seller's market it's very tough as a new agent in a seller's market a buyer's Mm -hmm. market is yeah I guess that makes sense not easy to work in like a buyer's market there's clearly a lot of resistance in a down market Mm -hmm. But it's a little easier as a newer agent. So you know, like in New York City, where do real estate agents start with rentals? Yeah, right? We, we, most people know that, especially a, a professional in, in the industry like yourself. Um, but um, on Long Island, uh, a lot of agents' first transaction is a buyer side. Yeah. So when there's, you know 17 offers on a property, how yeah. many properties do you have to show them to get an offer? By then, a lot of times the buyer might, they might leave you, yep. you know, so it is hard. So, um, I mean, in a, in a seller's market, it's great to have listings, yeah. but it's hard to get going. Yes. And so my first few years, 04, 05, 06, I didn't do a lot of business. I was, you know, we you know, we weren't docu-signing and stuff. So we'd walk out of the listing and sign the binder form on the hood of the car or the trunk of the car, that type of thing. And, you know, uh, that was, that was, um, tough, but I, I I learned a lot, and over the next handful of years, I just just hammered, you know, you have to be consistent in this business, and that's what gets you through all that, you know? So,
0: what was the change? What was the shift of, like, was it just like you were just pushing, 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 and then one day it just took off, or was there something that you did in year three, four, or five that really, you know, projected you to, to do the business that you're doing right now? Because you're doing a lot of business, man. So, being at the small mom and pop was really a... Great
1: way to l- learn the ropes and i I like that I learned the old fashioned values, but regardless of that, learn the ropes and sort of um, how everything goes and but I got to a point where I, I kind of felt like um, it was you know i couldn't i couldn't i it was kind of holding me back where i could only grow yeah. so much at that company mm-hmm. and just because of that particular setup where we weren't you know there was no there was no secretary at the front desk there was yeah. no you know so no. um when i came to douglas Solomon real estate it, it did help me spread my wings and really start cranking along i mean it really did uh, you know we have staff and i've been able to hire my own admin for my team nice you know i have, I have two admins uh, one's full-time one part-time and um but yeah so when i came to douglas elliman i started doing more marketing and um i mean, I mean it could cons- have
0: just been a combination of just you pushing and pushing and pushing like and then it just happens all of a sudden well, it's
1: the whole thing yeah so i was you know i was putting the t- doing the marketing. I think a big part of my success is you know by being available by answering your phone you know because i know a lot of people that get into real estate and they have a full-time job and they do a couple transactions Mm -hmm. and then you know they they can't get past a certain hurdle because they're not available during the day or they're not available you know so being available as off as you know 24 7 as you can be I mean nobody calls at midnight right so no. if you could be there nine to nine seven days a week that's huge marketing's huge getting results for your clients is huge the public people are smart they yeah. see you know a listing get listed and then a price change and a price change they go maybe that's not the agent for my house yeah or they see another house sell and you know Maybe in a different market than this, because a lot of homes are selling quickly right now. But they see another house selling, say, 30 days, and the and other homes are sitting. And then that agent sells another house, and you know that agent's pricing them right, doing the marketing, positioning yeah. the property the right way, doing you know video tours, photography, all that. It's 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 a it's a traction business, and you have to be consistent. So yeah, yeah. You're you married?
0: Kids? Nope. No, not married. No kids. No. Nope. That, that's yeah. I, no, I'm the same way. Married to the business, I guess. Yeah. No, I was. I mean, you and I are basically the same ball. So I'm 42. Right. When did you turn 41? Um, I'll be 42 in March. Okay, so we're pretty much we're a few months apart, you and I. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing. People are always like, you know, how do you do this? Like, it seems like you're going all the time. Like, I am going all the time. Like, I'm like, I'm you know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I'm able to do that. You're passionate at about this it. point. You're passionate about it. Yeah, like no, you, I, I am. But it, it's also, it's easier, it's easier for guys like you and I to do it because we don't have other demands yes. on our time. Yeah, demands on your time is huge. Right, yeah. Like but if, you, if the, you're married and kids, different ballgame.
1: The way, like I think that it's hard to find a flippable house, right? It's mm-hmm. hard to find the deal. But if anybody really dedicated to them, themselves to it, I think they'd go out and find a house that they could get at a value and needs work that's flippable. And... They could do a lot of the steps that you do. Like most people, they might, there might be a learning curve, but they could find a house. Construction management, that's tough. It's very impressive, the, the scale that you do it at. But so. it's, you know, it's tough dealing with contractors. But yeah. you know if somebody focuses on it, they could do it. So I feel like most people have what it takes to flip a house. You know They might need some resources, they might need a partner, some funds, or something like that. But to scale it to the level you've scaled it, you need to be passionate about it. You know, you yeah, need to no. be- You gotta be
0: obsessed with it. Yeah. You pretty much have to be obsessed with yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, when we set it up like- And for, I am
1: obsessed with my business, just like you are obsessed with you. It's very clear, you know, it's- you know, No, it makes sense. And I guess you, that's,
0: that, that's anybody that's really successful on, on a high level at anything, right? Like you have to be like almost obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, in order to do it. So how long have you had the team for? Since- January 1st, 2017. So just so over you have, five years. So you've had the team like... Because I feel like... And correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I've only been in real estate for six years. So the team thing seems to be more of like a newer thing. It seems like you you launched the team before teams are really big. Or am I, do, am I wrong?
1: Um, well, I wasn't the first team. I think the teams were big in commercial real estate first. Yeah. And then it was starting to... Uh, I got good advice from my office manager. He was pushing me to do it and it was good advice. Uh, Brian Jada. And um, so I was one of the, I guess I was one of the early birds. Yeah, I would say so.
0: But I wasn't the first. Yeah, no, but I mean, that was there like now, now the teams are big. Like only in the last, like let's say two years, you have, you know, certain high, high profile teams doing a lot of social media stuff and the teams thing has become, you know, you know, more sexy and whatnot. But it seems like you were doing it a while ago before it was really big. Yeah. So what, what inspired you to do the transition, and then, because obviously that's a whole different, so you're kind of like, I mean, you're associate broker, but you're kind of like a broker within a brokerage. And then when you start managing people, it's A, demands on your time, and then B, it's a totally different skill set, and then C, like you have to make sure that you're running it efficiently so that it's really monetizing, because there's a lot of people that like run teams, and the bottom line doesn't really make sense. So it's kudos to you to be able to do that for such a long period of time and have it make sense.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, been, it's been terrific. I, uh, let me ask you this, what's the, because there was a learning curve. So yeah. on, on year one, you know, just a couple of us and the team's only grown to four agents and myself, five of us plus, plus admin, okay. plus Tina and Marissa. Uh, so um, what's the secret
0: to being a landlord? Just if there was a key, I know there's so much to it. Oh yeah. Well, no, there's a bunch of different things. So my opinion, with the key to being a land to be being a successful landlord, uh, you have to have really good property management, right? So yeah. the thing with being a landlord, in my opinion, is you don't want to you don't want it to be either it's going to be like really small and you're going to manage it yourself, which is a pain in the ass, or you have to like buy a certain amount of them so that you can afford to have like full time management. You could do the de- you can structure the deals where you can having a property manager running it but like so you know i mean there's scale there's so
1: much you could talk yeah. about um what like what's the secret to property management or making sure that your tenants pay on time and I-
0: so this is what we do
1: yeah we got renovate
0: every building every house to be like new condition yeah Right, so like there's a theory called the broken window theory, it's a psychological yeah, principle, yep, are you are familiar with great, it? It's so important, yep. So my thing is like, okay, we're gonna make these things beautiful because A, I don't want to deal with the maintenance, and B, if these people see that they're beautiful, I have a higher likelihood that they'll take care of it because they'll see that I want to take care of it.
1: Tenant, it was,
0: yeah, and it's, it's the broken window theory and it's
1: um, tenant profile. It's, yeah. ten, tenant selection is a big part of property management. Without a doubt,
0: so there's, so there's that aspect of it. Yeah. The second is we do inspections every three months. So Corey's my full-time property manager. That's all he does. So they respect you. Yeah, he's in. Well, they... he's in there every three months. So a lot of tenants, even if they want to keep it nice, they won't tell you about something because they'll feel bad. Yep. Yeah. So if you're in there every three months, it does two things. A, they know that you care and you're watching. And then two, you can catch things because like a leaky faucet for six months will destroy an entire kitchen, but a leaky faucet for like a month and a half in between, not that bad. And if the tenants know and understand that, hey. We want you to call us, we want to fix it, we get it, shit happens, we don't care. You have that communication, your properties, you have happier tenants that stay longer. Um, we also do a tremendous amount of work with the different programs like CDC, Section 8, et cetera. Right. They, um, the tenants stay a lot longer. So they're in the, the average Section 8 tenant is there for 11 and a half years, the average cash tenant isn't there for two years. You, and even if you're getting more money, let's say from a cash tenant, You're losing money in the long run, in my opinion, or breaking even because every time somebody moves out, you have to paint this, you're down for a month or two, whatever it is, even in a hot rental market, you're losing money. That's when you lose money. Yeah. So for me, like, I want to set it and forget it. I want to put, solid good paying tenants in there and I want them to be there forever. Do it right from the
1: start and then you
0: don't have anything to worry about for almost a decade, okay. Yeah, well, you know. There's one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. So the one more thing to your point is like tenant profiling, right? So you have to make sure that you screen people appropriately. So a couple things that we do is, so let's say you're a cash tenant. If you're a cash tenant, I have this thing called the three times net rent rule, Mm -hmm. which that's my shtick. So if I'm renting you a house in Mastic for $2,000 a month, if your household isn't netting after taxes at least three times that or $6,000, I won't rent to you Mm -hmm. because I don't feel that you have adequate income to handle the rent and all the other things that are coming up in your life. Yeah. So there's that. And then a lot of people are like, Charles, that's nutso. Like that means someone's household's making a hundred grand a year. Why are they gonna rent from you in Mastic? The answer to that question is I don't know what, I don't care, but there's a lot of people that want to rent. Like, I'll give you a crazy <laughs> example. I buy 100 plus houses a year. Mm-hmm. I don't own a house, I rent an apartment. So it's just about lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you never know. So there's that. Um, I have an excellent rental agent who is bilingual and also has a certain street savvy who can kind of inevitably just look at somebody and say, oh, Are you going to pay your rent or not? Because of that, we have a very high. Um, we, we don't re- really have like a lot of defaults. And plus, when you're working with these programs, in order, like I was just on the phone with CDC about a tenant that we're having a little bit of an issue with. Mm. And the cool thing about CDC is, so we have the lease with CDC, that's one. Now, the tenant wants to leave, we want her to leave, we're both in agreement of that. The tenant owes some back rent as, a, por- as um, a part of her portion. In order for CDC to put her in a different unit, she has to pay me in full and I have to sign off on it. If not, yes, if not, not only that, I'm glad they do that. They have to pay the utility companies also. In order for you to be moved from one unit to another with a voucher, everybody has to be, you you have to leave clear. And if they don't and they get evicted, CDC stops paying and then the tenant's responsible for that amount of money. And if the tenant doesn't satisfy and find a new unit within six months of the termination, they lose the voucher. And if they lose the voucher, they're screwed.
1: Yeah, they're screwed. Well, it's good that they do that too, you know.
0: Well, yeah, and and that's the great part about working with uh, checks and balances with a with a um, so that's really the and the key is just like open communication, respecting people. There's nothing like really unique or different or special about the way we do it. Mm. We just we're we're on top of everything. That's how you run a team. (laughs)
1: Uh, No, I mean you are running a team, you know. But there's so many parallels. I mean, that's a management. You're running Mm -hmm. a team, and um, you're so. I love how you're always, like, I've, I've asked you questions in the past. You've always been so generous with your knowledge, which I appreciate. Of us. course. But um, anyway, so running a team like, you know, you, you need a cohesiveness. You know, we had a holiday dinner. Um, you need systems. You need checklists. Um, you need people to know what's their responsibility and what's not. Are you a very organized guy?
0: You look um, like an organized guy. I try to be. I um, I am, but... You, You're the you, most put-together agent you, you, I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life, bro. I'm looking at this guy because I'm so, not a very organized guy by nature. Yeah. I'm like, can we agree with that? Yes. Right, Scott? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I try to be. I hire people that are organized, but myself, like, I have ADHD to the max. I'm all over the market. Yeah. So, um, so it's hard for me. Time management's hard for me. You look like a person that manages time very well
1: i um i i have a strong sense of accountability so that pushes me to make sure i take certain measures for my clients and that and then a lot of stuff is kind of organized in my mind and i've you know it's when you have a team and you're you're scaling as you know you have to adjust and and um have come up with different systems because when you're doing something Mm -hmm. with you know you started with you just you or you were an admin and now all of a sudden there's you know five or seven of you you have to make adjustments and so i'm not always the best at communicating what's in my mind to everybody else so that's one thing i work on a bit and i'm not great at delegating but mm-hmm. yeah i like to th- Think I am I'm organized in a lot of ways, yeah.
0: What, as, a, as an agent, what do you think is like your super secret superpower? Like, what is the one thing that you do that you feel you do better than anybody else as far as a realtor goes? And that's not like, you know, being cocky, it's just a matter of like everybody has their own thing that they're very good at.
1: I just, um, I have a strong sense of accountability. And if you have that, then, you know, you're forced to just do it, you know? I mean, it, you, you when you well, actually when you flip a house, it's interesting. You don't have a client; it's you.
0: That's so, what I love about it. Right. <laughs> That's right. Right. So what I. love. like people are like, will you like pre-sell a house or build a house for me or something like that? I'm like, thank you, sir. I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm like I was in the body shop business before this. I owned a Mako franchise. Mm. You ever heard of Mako? Yeah. So, people are absolutely out of their money when it comes to their car they would bring us in like old like 1988 Hondas right and for like 300 bucks they wanted the thing to look like a brand new car yeah, which sure. obviously isn't going to happen yeah uh, people are the same way with their houses like contractors i have the utmost respect for what they go through like people hard work yeah. man but people are nuts they are freaking neurotic so that's why i love this business so much because i build it for me but for the public and i put it on there, I sell it, I work with great agents like yourself, they market it, they deal with all the negotiations, they bring me an offer, and it's gone, and I never have to hear about it again. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely tough Tough dealing with the public, there's all different personality types, you have to be a bit of a diplomat, but, you know, as far as the team, a big part of it, besides the systems and the checklists and the communication and the cohesiveness, and, and you know, really, you have to know each other, you know, yeah. the, a big part of it is um, sort of just picking to work with great people and and um I have not focused on recruiting top producers mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about that right. I want people who you know I have confidence in and I'm comfortable with and they have the same you know ethics as uh, that I do the same kind of moral mm-hmm. compass that's so
0: important What know? is your like, like pr- you, production can come later do you have so yeah what I was going to ask you like what is your criteria when bringing on agent like do do you want like as far as the team goes are you looking is there a sweet spot for you as far as the number of agents like you want five or six or seven agents do you think bigger is better do you have a certain profile of agent that I you bring in
1: don't think bigger is better um, I, I love growth you know I'm kind of hooked on growth as you clearly are um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I so I'm so proud of the agents I'm working with they're amazing um, you know, we have Nick, Mike, Rich, and Rich. And then, you know, like I said, Tina and Marissa. Mm-hmm. And Kyle is, uh, Kyle's great. I'm so, uh, it's, it's it's tough to lose him, but I'm happy for Kyle. Um, so, so we were working with Kyle, and now Kyle is moving to Vermont. Okay. And then uh, we added uh, Rich Brewer is, has joined the team. So okay. we, we had Rich G'day, now we have Rich Brewer. Um, everybody on my team has over six years experience. Got it. And I don't, think uh, you know it's it's actually a lot of fun talking to a brand new agent and and i love what you're doing with that what is that a podcast you're doing those videos where you're the, the you're oh, well, making a top, top yeah yeah training a top producer yeah that is fun that's so cool it's a lot but of fun i am focused on my clients so <laughs> i can't spend the Got time it. with somebody to show them what check marks uh, what what boxes to check off on the agency disclosure form and the basics so it's it's important to me that the agent does have some experience i have worked with brand new
0: agents um but um yeah so i'm i'm with you because once once upon a time i i i thought about the brokerage model for a second and i thought to myself i'm like what would i what are the types of people that i would do what would i offer how would it work and i was similar to you like not so much the new agents. I would want established establish people that were doing a certain level of business yeah. and I'm going to help them crank that business up from like here to like to the moon.
1: That's how Barbara Corcoran built her business. She yeah. interviewed agents. And when I heard that, I'm like, nobody interviews agents. Yeah. They're like, oh, come to, please come to my company. Come to my company. You know, yeah. they're just trying to recruit, recruit, they'll sign anybody. A lot yeah. of brokerages. You know, yeah. the vast majority of them. Yeah. So I, I'd rather, for, for my team, you know, all you have is your reputation, that's yeah. it. And so I just want us to really build that foundation, build that foundation, have the most solid foundation, mm-hmm. and you can always increase
0: production and grow. So this is an interesting, so I have a question for you. Um, I'm curious. Um, so a lot of teams are centered around young agents that don't have experience. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a young agent, it makes sense, like, oh, you wanna- It makes a ton of sense. You- they should join a team. Exactly. Yes. Yours is different. Yours is similar to what you know, I would do. But the question I have for you is, what do you, and this is, this is like, like a nod to you because you're obviously doing something great. For an agent that has six years experience to come and join your team, right? And obviously there's a cost to that and there's a trade-off between what they're getting and the cost. Yes. Like, What is it that you feel that you're offering, that you're doing, that you're creating that, that gives that kind of value to agents?
1: Well, yeah, a lot of people look at the split and things like that, but it's it's not all about the money for everybody. No, it's a balance. And if it's about the money, you probably don't want them on your team if that's the only I mean, we're we're in business to make earn a living and of course. And, and improve our lives and and put food on the table, but if that's what's on somebody's mind all the time or their focus, like like obviously I'm not I like money, you like money, but if you were just thinking about that you wouldn't have built your business the way you have and to the scale you have yeah. you have a passion for real estate i mean you could have been a stock guy no you know, i so
0: no i'm sorry yes yeah,
1: so, so um they don't the, i don't think any of the agents on my team join the team they they want to do better and think, earn more. i think you're
0: actually cutting yourself short not what? on the financial end from yeah the, from the i'm trying to give you credit and maybe you don't even realize exactly no, what no, you're no. doing yeah yeah because I'm, I'm, I'm
1: flattered, man. I appreciate it. No. But they they have they all have integrity and yeah. they want long-term growth, stability. And I do give them yeah. leads and, and marketing. Cause so I give if, them
0: leads, yeah. So for me, for, and forget about money, because something <clears throat> is something's only expensive in the absence of, absence of value, right? Hmm? That's my opinion. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you is, I think whatever it is that you're doing is giving people so much value that for whatever that... That it's worth the it to Percentage is yeah, yeah, yeah. that they're like, I want to come here. I want to be around Bryn. I, even if I'm making X amount less than going somewhere else, I'm going to make a lot more because I'm with him. I like the energy. I'm happy. I go home every day. I'm happy. And I'm doing more business as a result of his systems, his guidance, his marketing, etc. Uh, you know, they,
1: they want to better themselves. They want to learn. They want to grow. And I, I think that, um, you know, they, they there's a trust factor too. Yeah. I've had agents tell me you know when confidence that they're not comfortable working with somebody in particular mm-hmm. you know you know that's that's out there i mean i'm so proud of our industry there's so many amazing people but if if somebody's you know willing to get lazy on their client or cut a corner they don't they don't want to be with that that type of individual
0: yeah, yeah. No that makes sense it just it seems like and you you also create like your own corporate culture so yeah, the, more, you do. the more I talk to you and the more like, I get to know you because we've talked a bunch on the phone here and there and we tried to put a deal together and God willing, is there wood around? Oh, we'll knock <laughs> on it later. We get to do that sooner than later because that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But it seems like you've created, um, like when I think about you and I start to, to know you a little bit better, I'm like, this is a guy who's like, you're just like a good salt of the earth person who like works really hard. What you say is what you do. A handshake is all that needed. You're kind of like a throwback to a time that doesn't exist anymore.
1: Well, thanks man, that's huge, that's huge. And that's kind of what we're looking for. Integrity's everything. You know, those old fashioned values, we wanna you know I, I want to elevate our industry you know i want to be the best we can be and if there's and and i'm always thinking if there's something that i'm not delivering
0: on how can i ratchet that up you know and to kind of like cap it off you know you you were an age like in the last like maybe like three to five years being a realtor in like the public eye has become looked at more of like as a profession whereas 20 years ago plus 30 years ago it wasn't, it was more of like a, you know, a part-time thing or a part-time housewife type of thing. Like the industry has changed and people's perception of the industry has changed. And you can make a tremendous amount of money being in real estate sales.
1: Yeah, and technology has made it almost like better for the top producers because mm-hmm. it's so obvious. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that fake it till they make it, they yeah. try that, but there's a lot of transparency with technology and social media. Yeah, so you, that's,
0: you go on that app. What's that app, um, HomeSnap? Yeah. Is that what it is? I don't know which one. Yeah, Home Snap. HomeSnap, yeah. Yeah, because you go on HomeSnap and it tells you exactly what everyone's doing. Yeah. So to your point. Like you can't you can't fake it anymore. Yeah, real trends, Zillow, they, yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm curious to know in in twenty twenty two, you know, what's you know, what's a goal that you're reaching for, something that you're doing well at that you want to do even better at, and then what is something that you really that's kind of like a weak point of your business that you're really looking to improve on?
1: Uh we want to continue to grow, I want to really um, really mesh well with Rich Brewer. I'm so flattered that he joined the team. He's been in the, in the business for 35 years.
0: So wow, that's pretty cool. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. That's a big yeah. deal, man. Yeah, yeah. For a 35-year veteran who knows what they're doing to come in and join a team is, is probably the ultimate compliment.
1: Yeah. So I want to work on uh, I hope systems. he brands himself
0: the condo guy.
1: Yeah. He, well, he's the condo guy. The, is, that his Rich, act, is that his shtick? The condo guy? Rich Brewer, guy? yeah. The condo guy. Longislandcondos.com Oh, I didn't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, he owns longislandcondos.com. Nice. Yeah. Very yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just want to help everybody on the team just do a little more production, kind Good. of accomplish their goals, whether that be you know, 10% more, 40% more, um, and grow the team in that manner and um, get more systems going. And uh, what's my weakness? Yeah, is, what are you struggling um, with that you want to do better at? Uh, delegating. I'm, I'm yeah. a doer.
0: I'm not a delegator. So yeah. I definitely have to work, work on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we always, we all have something. Yeah. Um, I guess one last question before we wrap up. Do you like, what kind of accountability do you hold to the team in the sense that do you have like weekly structured meetings? Do you have daily calls with these guys? Like, what do you, what do you do to kind of make sure they're doing their thing? Or are they kind of out there doing their thing and they just know that you're a resource and it's an open door policy? The latter is a, big part of how we operate and then um we'll have
1: uh whether it's a meeting or a zoom meeting uh not more than every every two weeks at the most frequently and you know that can drop off in busy times of year like the spring so um but you know if if there's something uh, a lot of it's one-on-one where you know somebody maybe they're doing great and i'm like all right now it's time to push them or, or there's something I want them to work on, or I just haven't really sat down with them for a while. I just meet them at the diner and have a have a sandwich or an omelet or something, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of
0: a lot of the latter. Yeah. yeah. So, and I guess that makes sense when you have seasoned agents that are kind of doing their thing, but they always know that they have like the safety net of being able to come back to you and say what should i do how do i handle this etc yeah. and we have certain things
1: where uh like for example every time a n- there's a new team listing tina will send it out to the whole team make sure everybody's aware of it and then um when we're working on a listing together or with a buyer together we know what we have to do and, and we're always communicating nice. it, you know with that and no, we're all and we always are talking about certain situations too you know things come up you know, Michael, give me a call, Nick will give me a call, Rich will give me a call, and uh, we'll, we'll talk through the, best, the b- best approach, or if there's a unique property, how can we uh, really put it under the best light possible and get the best results, you know? Nice. Results, yeah.
0: No, it's great, man. Listen, you're, uh, you know, admitted or not, you're, uh, you're a young legend in, uh, in the mm-hmm. game. People have a lot of respect for you. I wow. hear your name constantly. That's cool. So it's very nice to finally connect with you because I know you're a busy guy, and especially you're, you're not that close. So thank you for spending the time and coming in yeah, and chopping for- it up. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, I'm sure yeah, a lot of agents will get stuff out of this. So <laughs> if, um, you know, obviously if anyone's looking to buy or sell a home or if there's agents that aren't happy aren't happy with their current situation, they're looking for another team and they want to have that conversation, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me online. You can
1: email me. My cell phone is 631-332-8899. And Bryn Elliott. Bryn is B-R-Y-N. Elliott has two L's
0: and two T's. BrynElliott.com. There you go. So. <laughs> And obviously, I'm the handsome homebuyer. If you have a house that smells like cat pee, you know the drill. If you have real estate, I want to buy it. And obviously, don't forget about the captain. If you have a permit problem, and Lord knows if you're in real estate, you have a permit problem. If you're a homeowner that's going to sell your house, most likely, if you don't have a permit problem today, you're going to have a permit problem. 516-513-8838. That is a wrap. My man.